0: Good morning, everybody. Today is technically Daf Dalit in Shkalem. I arrived here a little late this morning, and we are in Gimelim and Bays. One thing we've been talking a lot about the format. One thing that I'm going to have to get used to is the words. Do you do you see the letters are a lot smaller? That must mean that there's more of them, and so got to move faster. Okay, be that as it may, we're on Halacha Gimel which is on the top of Gimel and Bays in Mesech Shkalim, And we were talking about the Shulchanos, obviously Mesech HaShqalem, but the Machzitz HaShekel. Now, there is a, we're gonna make like a social commentary because like we said, Mesech Shkalim is bringing, is bringing the uh, time period alive. May we uh, have the, make the rebuild rebuilt soon. So, the Mishnah says, So they used to have these money changers, right? But literally, tables is what Shulchanos means. But that's what it, it means. It's it's money changers sitting at the tables. And they're sitting right outside in the Medina, like in the province, in public, because of the fact that they are uh, now in Yerushalayim, right? Or even perhaps according to some opinions outside of Yerushalayim, they're publicizing... And they're encouraging, right, the giving of the money, the giving of the maktas, the Shekel. Then, ten days later, says the Mishnah, Be'ezrim Bechamisha Ten days later already, they start, they start moving into the base of Mikdash. That's really where they're supposed to be. They're supposed to be, like, in the temple environs. It doesn't mean that they're in the base of Mikdash itself. Um, it either means more in your Shalim, if you thought that beforehand that they were more out in, in, beyond your Shalim, or if you thought it meant your Shalim when it said, Medina, so then now it's going to mean more in the higher Habayis area, okay? Um, and so that means, okay, now it's really getting real. Now it's fast approaching. Now, So they did something um, very forward. Now, there's no way around this. The collection of the machtis uh, a shekel was viewed by many as a tax, right? This is something that was an annual fund that had to be brought. And they were taking collateral, right? Bezden, we talked yesterday about Hefker, Bezden, Hefker, right? Bezden was taking mashkon. They were taking collateral from people in order to say, you know what? Until you bring out to the out shekel, we're going to take this for you. So it is a mitzvah, I say, you know, for every, right, as we said yesterday, male of age, um, but it's something that was enforced by the Besamekdash. This did lead to a uh, great amount of uh, of um, Well, this, this led to, to some politics And it led to some issues It's not mentioned as much But it's even mentioned in our mission We'll, we'll, we'll see As follows So, right, obviously Lemashkane somebody To take collateral from somebody That's a forceful act in a sense, right You're forcing them now uh, their, their money Okay So to that, the mission says So some people We allowed ourselves to take the mashkin from And some people we did not so, who did we take the mashkin from? Levim v. Israelim v. Garen v. That regular Israelim for sure. Leviim also were not considered different in this regard. Okay. However, not Kohanim. So, as we will see. Um, so, right. So, we say Lev- Leviim is actually a little bit, uh, controversial. Um, but, the, the Mishnah is taking a stance on this, that Levium will be treated like Israel in this regard. We'll see, the Kohanim are totally different in this regard, and we'll see. So, right, converts are considered like regular full fledged Jews, as are the freed slaves. Avalo, Nashim, ve'avadim Uktanim. So, those who are vulnerable, the Nashim, Vadim, Uktanim, we're not going to try to take those, right, uh, th- those away. They do not have the mitzvah, obviously, right? of of Machtas shekel and therefore, by virtue of them not having a mitzvah, we're not obviously going to enforce it. And, however, interesting halacha here, kata avi v'lishkola right, if any person whose father had uh, began to pay Machtas shekel on behalf of his son, even though he was not yet of age, shuv e'en posek. At that point, his father cannot stop to do that. Uh, a sneaky daf yomi coincidence. The other halachic uh, area where this appears is today is the fast of the Bechoros. Today is Thursday. It's, uh, however, because of the fact that uh, we have an Erev Pesach Shechalios B'Shabbes, we cannot have the Tzom Bacharos and the Siyum on Shabbos, and therefore we do it on Thursday. So today is the fast of the Bechoros for Klal Yisrael, if and this is very widespread custom, if a father starts to fast on behalf of his firstborn child, even if he's not a firstborn, this is a very common practice, then it's a question in Allah whether he can decide to stop doing so at any point. If he takes it on, same exact idea uh, with the maxtas the shekel, that once you start, maybe you cannot, this would be, if it is in fact like the maxtas the shekel, then you would not be able to stop um, fasting on behalf of your firstborn son, once you started, so this is an interesting application. Then says the Mishnah: Mashkin the kohanim. This is where it really gets interesting. We can't get the, we cannot, we do not ask the Kohanim, even though they're full fledged, right, Jews, etc. Why? We play Darche Shalom. The Gemara is going to explain the Darche Shalom. There's a few reasons for this, uh, but the Kohanim, as you see, were a different class. So it's interesting. The Jews were always. I've been getting into, very, into a lot of history, which is why I was up most of the night last night uh, writing uh, the Haggadah. We write like a family uh, Haggadah, like a family parish that's appropriate for that year, and got a little bit into history this year. And so the Jews historically, the uh, Chol Dor Vador, they were the merchant class, and so even though they weren't, uh, they weren't aristocracy, they weren't peasants either, and they always kept to themselves, And so they had this reason, you know, people around them had resentment. Um, And that was one of the factors that led to a lot of anti-Semitism. Well, within the Jewish people, the Kohanim were like a different class. And, you know, say what you will about the Kohanim's reason, etc. They were also considered to be hot-tempered, as we have a lot of evidence of that all over the, right, all over Shas. They had that reputation, and they were treated differently. And so we did not force them to bring the a shekel. Now imagine if you were, let's say, um, an ignorant, sort of slightly off the derek fisherman's son from the north, and they're taking your Mashkon from your father, you're taking Mashkon from your family, and you see that the Kohanim don't have to pay. And in fact, we know that in the Zman mikdash unfortunately there was uh, also some corruption so you could see how that could make somebody uh, aggravated and how uh, the 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 uh, lesser class uh, the masses would have issues with this and this did become at some point a point of contention, uh, contention the turning over of the shulchanos that are mentioned in this particular mishnah these very shulchanos and the turning over was in fact their turning point in uh, in, in Jewish history um but it's not for now, as it is. Um, as it is, we have a, a short share and trying to just get through pshat. But be that as it may, I thought it was point uh, worth mentioning because of this idea of the darche shalom. We will see the Kohanim made a. Uh, it was the, the Kohanim with regards to the machzitz shekel is a real issue. It's a real topic of our Mishnah as follows. The Mishnah concludes with that issue as follows. Amar Rebbe Yehuda, heid bin bukhri beyavne. Okay, so Ben Bukhri, here, Ben Bukhri is one of the Zugos, one of the earliest, uh, Tanaim, called Kohen Sheshokel Chote. Okay? That, a Kohen who pays that Shekel is not sinning. What does that mean? Well, the, uh, implication there is that he has no Chiyov at all. In other words, he's not Chayiv, uh, he can bring it, uh, but, it, but, it, but he's not Chayiv to do so. so. To which, that was a machlokes with, with, right, with, uh, Rabbi Huda. And Rabbi Yochanan ben Zakkai says the Mishnah. Ameloh Rabbi Yochanan ben Zakkai, low key, that is not the case. Ela kol kohen sheein o the exact opposite. So you see here, Machlokas. Uh, Rabbi Huda says that the Kohanim are not obligated at all in the Machzor Shekel, and Rabbi Yochanan ben Zakkai says no, that a person a kohen who does not bring the Machzor Shekel actually is sinning. Ela shekohanim dorschein mikras ela but the Kohanim are teaching each other the following Pasuk, teaching themselves the following Pasuk, which is to say, Rabbi Yochanan Ben Zakkai is saying that the Kohanim, even though they were obligated in the Machs Shekel, they made a drusha. they made a self-serving drusha that that made it seem as though they're not chayav in the of shekel. So you see, this is a tax the people may have, other people may have wanted to avoid, but the kohanim themselves had a drasha for it. What was the drasha? The Gemara will spell it out, but the drasha is from a pasuk. The pasuk says, called minchas kohen kalil Well, there is a halacha. This is true that all the menachos of kohanim are burnt generally. That's it's in Vayikra right? So when you have a mincha uh, if you're in Israel so then you take the comets the fistful what's called the comets and you burn that but the rest is eaten by the kohanim so kohanim eat carbs they don't just eat right Atkins they're not just eating the baser of the carbonos, they eat carbs as well however when the kohanim themselves bring their own personal carbs right? their own personal menachos they burn the whole thing up That that is kohanim mincha's koin kalil lo seachel aha here is the drasha that the Kohanim make for themselves. They say the following: Right, we don't normally think of the korban omer and the shtehalechem, right, and the lechem apanim, right, as as being manachos, right. We think we don't think, but they are because by because of the fact that they're carbs, right. Those are Kohanim. Those, those are right. The the shtehalechem uh, and lechem lechem panim that which we do on Shabbos and we do on Shavuos. So we think of those as uh, unique karbonos, but really those are a type of carbon and they are a carb, which means that they are technically a mincha, and yet they eat it. And so they say, How can it be that they can be eaten? That must mean that we don't have to contribute to it. I'll explain this because this I broke my head over for a little while. As follows like I was trying to think what was this kavachomer. Now, it's understandable that this kavachomer would be difficult to understand. Because it wasn't a correct Calvachomer. It was a self-serving Calvachomer. But the Kalvachomer basically goes like this. The Kohanim are saying, we're so frum, we're so frum that anything that we have to contribute to, we only contribute to gavoha. Meaning, we only contribute to manachos that go straight burn. Because the positive fact says, the manachos of Kohanim have to be, right, have to be burnt entirely. Oh. And so therefore, what? The machtes a shekel we know goes to all carbonos, all the public carbonos, and among the carbon public carbonos are, let's say, right the lech the shtei the, Okay, so that's a public carbon, and yet we see that we eat that public carbon. Ah, oh, the fact that we eat it that must mean that it's not funded by us. Because we don't eat anything that's funded. We don't eat manachas that are funded by us. We only eat manachos that are funded by the Hamonam, by the general population. So they made this backwards kavachomer, or not a kavachomer, but rather a backwards limud, I should say, right? A, ba- a backwards limud, a drusha, as the Mishnah calls it, a backwards drusha that anything that we have, that we are allowed to eat, it must be that we don't have to contribute to it. It's a very sort of like, uh, elitist, self-serving kind of drusha. It was not intended to be that way. Rabbi Yochanan ben Zakkai says it's an erroneous drasha. But again, it's it's an elitism where, in a sense, and, and and again, this is not like our imagination. This was, in fact, Rabbi Yochanan ben Zakkai's criticism of the Kohanim that would make this self the self serving elitist drasha. That because they are allowed to eat it, it, must mean that they don't contribute to it because they only contribute to the loftiest. Uh, uh, Karbanas that don't get eaten, and so the fact that it's eaten is an indication that they don't need. And wow, how convenient is it that the drushas' right final conclusion means that they don't have to be taxed uh, on the machtes shekel? So it says, I'm calling you out, Kohanim. This was an erroneous drusha. Wow. So we see this this Mahtis of shekel uh, did not did not go, and so it makes it more real, right? It did not go without politics and controversy. Okay now we're at the Gemara. And the Gemara says as follows. Right? So the Mishnah says we, we don't take... So now we're going to just flush out a lot of the Mishnah. So we're going to get that to Halacha Dalet here pretty quickly because it says like this. We don't take Mashkon from them, collateral, halitzvot But we do ask... we So we do demand that they pay. Well, that is shocking, right? katanim aren't and mitzvahs. So why are we... Taking Machthas Shekel. As we learned yesterday, the Pasuk explicitly says that we, that, that it's for people, only people that are of age. So the Gemara says no. No, here you're talking about a on that had two saros, two pubic hairs, which would be an indication of godless. But if he did not yet bring shte saros, then he's not included in the halacha okay ulam mashkin ein mashkin and then certainly if we're not going to ask for the for the half shekel we're not going to ask for the mashgon either achi yeben esrim and and then the right a lot of Girsa issues here and the brackets add on that that basically the allah is simon wolf says it's impossible to decipher what this really means right because for just 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 to line it up saros makes no sense if you're if you're 10 years old it's not halakhically significant. So it has to be that he's a guddle anyway. Well, if he's a guddle, why didn't he stay sorrows? You see, this is, this is very, uh, so, so there, there are a couple of tracks of how to understand this. The most, um, straightforward I guess, even though it's still hard to understand why this would this would be the uh development of the Gemara. And we'll see there's a little more of on this issue here now, but just saying it outside already, the most straightforward thing Sir Simon Wolf says basically is that first you have to become thirteen, once you've once you have once you become thirteen, then uh they wait till you become twenty, as the Gemara says, to uh ask for mashkon. Um but but it's just a a thing, uh, an, a, a side point over here that you need to become thirteen and have saros in order to uh, be toveya altogether, because that in fact is the halacha with uh, rove things that have to do with bar mitzvah, right? That you don't really become mechuyev until you have shtei saros. Um, one might have had the Havamina that maybe for the of shekel it's different, maybe, but uh, but maybe what the mishnah is saying is that, or the gemara here is saying is that it is not different, in fact, with regards to the Shekel. This is a, as Simon Wolf said, this, this is not an easily understood passage. What, how you apply shtesaros and katnus and godless in this case, in terms of havamin and mamaskana is hard to understand. However, to understand that in order to have godless you need both to achieve the age and also to get shtesaros is something that is, some, that is familiar to us, okay. And so, says that's what, how the Gemara concludes, keini mas kohanim derech kavod. Oh, um, yeah, so that that's that issue. So now, right, the the derech kavod. So you say that we we didn't want to have the mashkanin, we didn't want to take it from kohanim for derech kavod. So Rabbi Huda says, the mission says, Amar Rabbi Yehuda, Eid, there's the mechlokas Rabbi Yehuda, right, and Rabbi Yochanan So, Amar Brechia, time of the Rabbi Yehudan B'Zakai, yitnu. Right? The reasoning of Yochanan bin Zakkai is because it says ze. Ze, if you add it up, is twelve. Right? Seven of Zion plus five of He is twelve. Wow, a gematria. Rebrechia is saying that Rabbi Yochanan is based on a gematria, that all shneemus shvatim have to give them the act a shekel. Okay? Now. Rabbi Tevi B'Shem Rav HaMnuna, they challenged Rehachonim Zakkai. So Rehachonim Zakkai held from Zeyit that everybody said, it's very interesting. In other words, um, that includes Shevet uh, Levi, which, which includes the Kohanim. Why would you think otherwise? In other words, you bring your source for Rehachonim for Zakkai, but the pasuk never said anything about Kohanim not bringing it, right? That's the, that's the source. The pasuk says, everybody who is above uh, right, anybody who's who's of age should bring it. So, okay, so that's one issue. Why would anybody say that the Kohanim don't? So, let's see. Rabbi Tevi, b'shem Rabbi Nuna says, This would be how the chachamim answer Rabbi Yehuda: "Chatas How can you say, right, that a kohen voluntarily, right, gives the half a shekel is not? It's not. It's not a chet. Why? We know that you're not that that. There's a special halacha. We talked about this already in the, in Masechah's Psachim, towards the end, when we talked about the switching out for the carbon Pesach and how when you have a carbon Chatas, it's one of the five cases, right, where if it's it's not, it, that if it doesn't work out, right, that for some reason there's a blemish, right, and you have a private carbon Chatas that gets a blemish, then you can't even uh, lay it out to pasture. You have to kind of starve it to death and it has to be left to die. So we say that's chatas yochid, but ain't chatas tzibur meita. But we can't do that. We don't do that with a chatas tzibur. Uh-huh. So just, just as we have a difference between a chatas tibur and a chatas yochid, right? so too that we should make the following distinction between the minchas tibur and minchas yochid. That minchas hayochid kreva kalil, right, that when you have a minchas hayochid for a korban, it has to be totally burnt but when you have a communal mincha, uh, the aforementioned korban omer, or the shteh uh, lechem or the lechem, right? So that, it's not offered entirely, right? And therefore you're, uh, it's eaten. So since that's the halacha, right? So then the question is, how can you let the kohanim give the half shekel at all? Right? In other words, the omer and the shteh lechem is purchased with their shkulim, That if that were the case, then you would not be able to consume them. So in other words, what this shita is saying, and again, this, this could be, this is somewhat esoteric, they are reviving the Drusha of the kohanim. Whereas Rabbi Yochanan ben Zakkai felt that the drush of the kohanim was erroneous and self-serving, they are, in fact, reviving the drush of the kohanim and saying that it is, no, it is actually very valid. And as follows. Words, we said, we belittled the fact that the, that the Kohanim thought that only, that their money would only go towards a private min- mincha, and that their money can't be used for the public minchas, minachos. No, but that's not, but Reb Tevi said in the name of Nunah that we should not belittle that. We shouldn't. Because really, just like the difference between a public and a private chattas, there is in fact going to be a difference between a public and a private mincha of a kohen. And once you say that those things are different, then one might even be able to say that all of those funds are supposed to actually not come from the kohanim, that in fact the kohanim can make an inference from the fact that they in fact eat, right, the korban omer and, and the lechem upon him. And once you say that, so then perhaps the, the drush of the kohanim is in fact valid. Wow, so that's what they said. However, Vekasha, uh, but this, but we have a, a, a challenge on this, on this because the Adam Modibo. How can this be a defense, right, um, for Rabbi Yehuda? Because Rabbi Yehuda himself doesn't hold like this. Why? That's none because we learned in the Mishnah in Yoma, which we'll learn next. Mesa. A Tibur is not left to die. Rabbi Yehuda Right? That was in itself a machlokas as we see in Yuma, where Behuda holds that you do leave the chatas Tzibur to die. Right? We said the whole premise of reviving the, the drasha of the Kohanim was that we said that the chatas Tzibur is right, not left to die, but the chatas Yochid is left to die. Behuda says no. Even the chatas is. So that so now the whole thing, Rabbi Huda himself does not disagree and so that dismantles his entire drasha anyways, at least within the position of Rabbi Huda, So you can't use that drasha right, to challenge Rabbi Huda because he doesn't hold to that anyway. For whom I of line would answer, zu lo nidvas yachid That So the answer, how would he revive it without reviving the drasha? He would have to revive it as follows. You'd say that the right, the machtis of shekel of a coin is not in fact considered a nidvas yachid. So to that the Chachami reply back to him, since the the half shekel is in fact given to the tsibor, right? So then, right, it is right, Kamisha Hunid Tsibor. Then it is as if, right, it was purchased with uh, with uh, with public money, and that is in fact it's as if any korban that was purchased with that money is a korban tzibur, such that even if the korban itself was on behalf, right, on the, uh, was on, on behalf of the individual, it's as if it was purchased for, it's as if it's a korban tzibur because of the fact it was purchased with korban tzibur money. Wow. that why, That's why the half shkalim are actually all belonging to the tzibur, and that's why, in fact, the kohanim are, also obligated to, to bring it. Okay. So now we're going to bring some psukim that we're going to show that the machlokas ben Bucherin, Rebuchan ben Zakai, has in fact scriptural, right, has uh, sources of psukim. Kala over Anyone who passes, so this could be the machlokas, uh, uh, the nekudas of machlokas. So, kala over Anyone who passes through the census. Okay, well, that's in Shmos. It says, Anyone who's in the census has to give a truma. That includes the Kohanim. So, however, there's two ways to learn Kohanim. One, right, there are multiple senses. One was everyone who, again, that's a coincidence, anyone who passed through should give. Well, that's Kohanim, Levim, everybody. That would mean that there is a biblical right uh, obligation to give the machtesek shekel, including Kohanim. However, Vecharna Amar and the others say acherim Charna says, "Called the Avar al pikudaya Aha! Not not anyone who just is considered part of Kali Israel and passed through Yamsuf, but rather anyone who passed through what the census and the census that was taken subsequently. Right actually excluded the Kohanim. aha so he say it like this manda mar called over biyama itein right mesailer mitzakai and so we already figured this out. Anyone who said that anybody passed over a yamsuf, that's like Rabbi Yochum Buzakai, he says the Kohanim are obligated to give machzad shekel. And man are called de'avar al pikudaya yitain, and those who say anybody passes through the census should give, then messiah ele ben Bukhari. He supports ben Bukhari, which is quoted by Rabbi Yehuda, who holds, right, Rabbi Yehuda, ben Bukhari, who holds that the Kohanim are, in fact, not obligated. So we see there was a very serious machlokas about the chiv of the Kohanim, to whether they are chayiv in the maftis shekel or not, with supports in either way, there was politics involved here, and it got contentious. Okay, so that's the Kohanim. Now we have Mishnah Dalid on the bottom of Gimel and The Mishnah says mm-hmm. Even though it said Nashim Ktanim, right? Even though we say we don't take Mashkon from Nashim Vavadim Ktanim, Shaklu, if any of these uh, individuals gave, Mekhaban MiYadan, says the Halacha. Okay, we do accept it. So that's true, we can accept it. However, our Mishnah is ga- now going to count cases where exceptions, where we cannot accept the Maxtas shekel. Why? So let's see. Says the Mishnah. Okay, so let's start with Nahri, first of all. What would be the problem if somebody who's over to right, gave to the Maxtas HaShakel? So the art school actually explains it beautifully. The bottom line is, right, there's a prohibition. The Pasuk says, You, can't, you cannot accept, right, from, from, uh, from the non-Jews. Well, this is a big issue, obviously. Um, this issue has some shades of in terms of what causes we are in fact allowed to accept non-Jewish contributions. There are some causes that you cannot. So this was, too, an issue in the base of Mikdash, right? You'll have people who are supportive for one reason or another, of Nefesh or which started with a lot of, um, of, my, of of that kind of money who were supporting the right, the state of Israel. Okay, So you could have that cause. or But in this case, you had Karbonos. So with regards to Karbonos themselves, which Nefesh benefesh is not, so with regards to Karbonos itself, there's an explicit pasuk. You're not supposed to accept the money. If that money is, in fact, going to be in the pool of the money used to buy the Karbonos, then it could be a problem for everything. That messes everything up and therefore we cannot accept it. Right? This is obviously not a problem if you accept it from Nashim and Ketanim. But to accept it from Nahri, that's already a big issue. Now, what's chedesh what's, uh, here is the Kusi. right? The Kusim are the Gay Arayis, the famous gay of dubious right uh, conversion where it seemed that they converted because it, knows it was a rare sort of like uh, flash in history where it was advantageous. Uh, to be Jewish, and they were scared because uh, lions were eating everybody that wasn't, so they converted. Their conversion was dubious, and it's all over Shas. We've experienced this already. We had this with Eruv, whether you can count on a, kur, uh, a kusi for Eruv and other alachos in Eruv and in Shabbos, so this is one of the sources for the fact that the kusim were treated like complete nacherim, because obviously the only thing that would make us not accept your money is if it's messing up our karbonos. Otherwise, everybody's money is green. You know what I mean? So we would certainly accept it if they were considered uh, uh, actual legitimate geirim. So here we're treating the kusim like a nachri, And so a nacheri v'a kusim shishakul ain't mekabla We do not accept their money. Right. We don't accept from them also money for those karbonos of kinei zav, right? The bird carbonas that a zav and a zava and the yolodos bring, right? The the um, or the and, and the asham. Right? right, so in other words, this, is, this is, should be obvious and the Gemara is going to explain why it, why, why we even have a Limud, but Zeha Klaus says the mission Kol Sheenidev Anybody, anything that's vowed or donated to the Mizbeach, we can accept it, right? Which is to say, uh, anything that is like an Adava, right? That's just basically a contribution, that's just a, uh, a contribution that's not specific, then we could take that actually from the non-Jews. But Kol Sheenidev and Nidev, nidev. But anything that's not really in a duva, which is another way of saying that anything that's mandatory. In other words, if you really have a Chi of Korban, ain't Mekabal miyadam. That's what that means. That if you have a real Chi of Korban, we can't accept it because it's going to mess up the Korban Seabor. But if you, because that, and that's what's included in the Passock when it says that it should come, right, from, right, that it should come from, uh, the, the, the Jewish, um, contributions. Okay, and then it says, the Ezra, Ezra, uh, Explicitly lay this down, Right? It says it's that only we will build the base of Hashem. This was Ezra exhorting his people to co right. Obviously, Ezra, some say he was Mordechai. It was the rebuilding of the second base of Mikdash, and he was trying to get people to come. And he says, This is gonna to have to come from us. As the mission continues, and Dalarim it says, Ve'elush, which is today's Da, Chayavim Bikalbon. Okay, we get to the idea of the kolbon. The kolbon is the surcharge. The Gemara is going to discuss, is this surcharge a machlokas? Is it der Is it der What is the, is it like a of a or gavra? We're gonna get into this surcharge and what it means. But be that as it may, the surcharge was basically in addition to the machz de shekel. You also paid an extra 12th of a shekel. It's called the kolbon. Like when you actually go to the money changer, you pay a little, right, fee. So that is uh, who is responsible for that extra amount. So that's levim Bisraelim, vegain v'avadim shuchorim. This is the same list as we had before. Those who are chayiv in the of shekel. But again, even at, just like we said with the shekel in the previous halacha, so too we say saying the kohanim here Right, the same list. The nashim v'avadim ketanim we understand they don't have a chayiv for the of shekel, but the kohanim there again, just like they were exempt according to some shitas. In with the Marx Shekel itself, they certainly it seems like according all shitos that they were uh, exempt from the Kalbun. We did give them that extra uh, courtesy, and the mission says, coin <speaking> <Spanish> if a person is contributing the Max Shekel on behalf of a coin or al isho, evit so here we 're really emphasizing this idea that they do not have the hero of the kalbun. Al ayat katan is pater. So if you're doing it on their behalf, not only if they're doing it, but if you're doing it on their behalf, you're going to be pater. And says in the Mishnah, vim shakal al yadaval yad chabero chayev But if you contribute a shekel on his own behalf, certainly or on behalf of someone else, and even though you're not doing it for yourself, uh, then you're still going to be echad You pay one kalbon. That was the machlokas. That if you pay, right, so let's say the mitzvah is a shekel. So let's say you say, you know what? I feel bad. I overslept. I'm gonna contribute on behalf of Andrew because he's gotta go. Oh, you know what? I don't feel bad, as bad. also I left Andrew behind to do a lot of homework on Daftalad and Barry. Um, or you know what? Let's do one of the old uh, she- things we did by Masechus Shabbos. Barry and Andrew have rekindled their relationship. Barry's gonna contribute on behalf of both of them. So he's gonna give one shekel, right? Because two machs is a shekel. It's a machlokas. Do you pay the surcharge once per contribution? and therefore you bring one colbone for that shekel, or Rabbi Mayer holds that no, that you have your colbone surcharge and Andrew's colbone surcharge. So you're gonna end up paying a sixth on top of the shekel. So a max's shekel plus a max's shekel, one shekel plus two colbones. Okay, or another ruling, if a person, a no-send seller, Barry is going to contribute a seller for himself, which is two shkalim, but no tell shekel, and of course, everybody has to bring a machtas a shekel, right? This is not something where you can extra donate, right? You, If you're giving a sela, which is two shekelim, you're getting a shekel back. The shekel of the Mishnah is the equivalent of a machtas a shekel, and the sella is two shekelim. So you bring a sella, which is really two shkallim, um In other words, you bring a sella, which is really one shekel, right? And so you get back a shekel. Which is going to be the equivalent of getting a total of machtes a shekel, but still chayev shte Kobanos. So that's an amazing halacha that you gave two machtes a shekels, and therefore, even though you're getting back change, you're still chayev and two uh, surcharges for the exchange fee. Uh, and finally, as shokel al yad ani valid yad ben iro poter v'im hilvan chayev. But if you lent it to them, then you're obligated to pay the Koban and finally the Mishnah finishes off with the inverse relationship between the Miser and the Cullbone, which is something that will be discussed at the bottom of Daladum Ad Bez. Uh and we will resume Bezrat Hashem with Daf Hay tomorrow. We'll talk about the homework. I apologize that I left for everyone, but at least we made it essentially to uh to the to Daf Daladum and Aleph and we're able to learn that Mishnah together. Bezrat Hashem, today we'll have the CM by Andrew.